Greetings and welcome to episode six of the Chirping the Cats podcast. David's work here with you and uh, coming to you from high atop the BB&T Center with uh, Panthers broadcaster and longtime uh, legend of the team, Bill Lindsay. Billy, what's up? Just good old South Florida hockey, enjoying the Florida Panthers. Off to a pretty good start, which is nice to see for this organization. Trying to climb back into those playoff pitchers and get back into the playoffs, on a, not just this year, but on a regular basis. Amen, brother. So I wanted to bring you on this week because a couple of big things happened that I wanted to get your take on. Uh, first, we'll just talk about the big news around the team that happened uh, in the last 24 hours. Roberto Luongo officially made a part of the front office. He's going to be special advisor to Dale Talon. And as somebody who's been around the team for so long, I wanted to get your take on the move and what you thought Luongo was going to bring to the front office. Roberto Luongo brings passion and work ethic, and that's what made him so successful in his career. And he has a passion for hockey off the ice, so he's going to learn from Dale Talon, and he's going to be in there every day, and he's got a really, really strong hockey mind. So just another good hire by the organization to have down here be part. He is the best player ever to wear a Panther jersey, so to have him here means a lot. Uh, So the stability and to get players like that around, that means so much to the franchise, to have him on board. So it... It's a good hire, whoever it is, but to have him here down in South Florida, really special for us. And as somebody whose number is going to be hanging from the rafters, it's going to, he's going to have that notoriety around the team. And one thing that I thought was interesting that he's mentioned was uh, his love for fantasy sports off the ice, and that's what <laughs> kind of drew him to wanting to get in with the, the player activities uh, in the front office. And it'll be interesting to see how he can take those kind of skills and put them to use for a hockey team. He'll be able to do that because when, when you're doing fantasy teams, you're following every, everything around the league. And yep. that shows that he has a lot of interest, not only in the Panthers, but around the league. And if you're an advisor to the GM, you got to pay attention to the whole NHL and what's going on. So he likes to track players and he's got a great eye for the game. And just an, he's just another guy to have around to lean on. If you're Dale Talon and the more people around you, you got pre, Chris Pronger, assistant general manager, uh, one of the legends of the game. Now you got another legend, Roberto Luongo. So if you're Dale Talon and you have those two people around you to rely on, that's that's really helpful. Yeah, with Quenville, too, on the bench, it's like a, a nice little <laughs> Hall of Fame makeup here uh, down in South Florida. Um, and the other thing that I wanted to get to today, Billy, and this is uh, just kind of an amazing thing that just happened, was uh, a historic comeback in Boston. I mean, you've been around this team <laughs> since the beginning. And uh, for something like that, I, I, I'm still, you know, this is like two days later, and I'm still kind of in shock from what we saw. Never saw this from this Panther team. Probably the, one of the greatest regular season victories that I've ever seen, if not the greatest, because you're down four goals. Looks like you're out of it. And it speaks volumes of this team and Joel Quenville. There's been no quit in him. And that's what allowed Joel Quenville to be on the verge of winning 900 games. He's been at it a long time. So this Panther team just continues to push no matter what the score. They come back in Boston like that. And what that does for a hockey team, that you realize that there's a belief in that room and it can really draw your team together and bring you that much closer and you look back at certain games during the course of the year and you wonder why you're in the playoffs well you can point directly to a game like that in boston you beat the rangers the night a couple nights before then you beat boston you win two out of three on a very tough road trip and you play 12 of your first 18 games on the road and you finish it in that kind of fashion so that's a big stepping stone when you look at it in the regular season and should go a long way to helping this panther team making the playoffs i've talked to a few of the guys after that game i went i specifically went over to, to jonathan huberdo because he's been here for so long i went over to vincent trocek and i just asked them like what is going on with this team you guys have come back from three goals multiple times the four goal comeback like what is so different and they both tell me 
And a lot of the guys have said the same thing. It's confidence in the locker room. And they say a lot of the confidence is coming from the coaching staff, that Q and his staff is really good at positive reinforcement. They're filling the guys up with giving them belief. And clearly, it's evident because look at what they're doing. And they've done it before with Joel Crenville, with the three Stanley Cups, with Chicago. So he knows how to bring a team together. And then you look at the offseason signings. Strawman has over 105 playoff games somewhere in that neighborhood. Achari in the playoffs last year with Boston was a phenomenal player. So they know what gets yep. done into the playoffs. And to bring guys like that on board that have a little pushback, Brian Boyle's another great example. Connelly's He's coming here, Connolly too, Stanley Cup champion. So when you get those kind of players that have been through the war of attrition that is the playoffs and they produce at the highest level at the most important time, there's really no panic. They realize that they can come back and kind of instill that confidence and calmness in a game. So when a game starts to get out of hand, you don't see this Panther team panic and it starts behind the bench and then you've got some veterans in that locker room that also can install that confidence and hold that panic level down to a minimum. Going back to your career, I gotta jump on one quick question. Do you have any comeback memories, any cool comeback stories that you can recall? I remember being down in Dallas. I, we were down significantly. I don't know. It was three goals or so. But About when is this? Uh, this would have been mid-90s, somewhere, okay, in there, okay. somewhere in there. But So a good team. Yeah, good team. Just coming back like that and doing that. And I think a couple times in the playoffs, we were, we were down in games and coming back. So those, those were when you're down in the playoffs and you're trying yeah. to fight your way back and you score some goals and whether you force overtime and win in overtime, those are things that you'll remember for the rest of your lifetime. Regular season, it's hard to pinpoint because there's so many games, but I do remember one time in Dallas being down pretty big and we had a big comeback. And that feeling, it's hard to describe in a locker room during the regular season because you just don't get those special moments right. too often. So you have something like that happen in Boston. It's something that those players will remember forever. Awesome. All right, well, thank you very much for joining me, Billy. And without further ado, we're going to jump to the rest of our interview with Ole Jokinen from the last episode. So enjoy that. And Billy, thank you for joining me. We'll talk to you soon. Always a pleasure, David. Thank you. So we had our move. My family went from Calgary. They, we did the move from there because I went to New York by myself. You know, So then I'm a free agent, uh, 31 years old, free agent, first time in my life going in a UFA, you know, so I'm like, okay, what, what, what's gonna happen, you know, and, uh, you know, kind of, I'm like a little nervous, you know, because I'm like, if these other GMs that they look at it, like I messed up that shootout and all that, you know, so, so, but, uh, it sucks that they got yeah, in your head like, like that. you know, like stuff like that. And, uh, but, uh, I got a phone call from, uh, when the, when the free agents start, Exactly when the clock hit on the time when the teams can start calling, I got a call from uh, Daryl Sutter. In Calgary. In Calgary. I almost dropped my phone. I'm like, <laughs> why are you calling me? You just traded me, you know? So he called and he said that only we got this much money uh, on, the, on uh, payroll. We can pay you this. I'll give you no move, and I'm gonna go public in the press conference. I'm gonna apologize about your trade, and I'm gonna tell the media that I should never ever trade you because you were a key piece of this team. And uh, I was very well liked over there with the older groups, got along with the guys like Iggy and these guys, you know, wives getting along and all that stuff. So my feeling was that uh, I think a lot of the players raise their opinions in the end of year meetings and uh, telling their opinion to the Sutters. And Sutters are, 
unbelievable people, like hockey people, loyal people. Uh, you know, you play hard for them. Uh, they were players, so they they yeah. Get it. So so they kind of you know I played hard that game when they traded me, and I already knew that I this is my last game. You know, so they brought me back, and uh, I really really enjoyed my two years over there. Uh, after that, after that, you know, because you 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 have that. I kind of changed my game, and there when my second stint in Calgary, Brent, I had a heart-to-heart talk with Brent, Brent, uh, because previous year Brent coached me, and then he traded me, you know. So then going back, first meeting the whole summer after I signed a deal, Brent calls me and he's like, "Oli, do you think that you're gonna be a 30 goal scorer?" I'm like, yes, I truly believe. And he's like, I believe it too, but I don't want you to think that way. I want you to think that be a 20-goal scorer, be 50-point guy, 60-point guy, you're going to play against other teams' top lines, be a plus player, be good on penalty kill, play second power play, first power play, whatever it is, but change the mindset, become a, become a checking line center, and I'm going to make sure that everyone who's watching the game in the media and all that that that's your role so nobody's gonna come at after you that why do you don't produce and all that and i guarantee you that if you have full buy-in you're gonna add two three years on your career because if you're telling me now that you're 30 goal scorer and you want to play that way as you played in the past this is your last contract you ain't scoring 30 year after year. It's hard to score. Well, you're you know? in your 30s at this point. You I'm, said, in, so I'm in the 31, you yeah. know. So, so I played two years there. Had a really, really good years. Uh, really enjoyed. Kind of got like a new excitement for the game and all that. Then signed with the Winnipeg. Two years there. Uh, kind of that lockout year, 11, 12. I... I should have gone into Europe. That's the biggest mistake I've done in my career. That being 31, 32, uh, I needed to play. It was so stupid. I waste that year, that lockout year. I was so bad after the after the season start with no training camp. You skate, you stay in shape and all that, but you don't play games, you know. So you had in your previous year, you played in your regular season game in April. Then your next game is in uh, end of January when the season started, you know. So it was like a nine-month layover, going in a new team and all that. I had an awful first year in Winnipeg, awful. Uh, that mini-season, whatever we had. But then the following year, the following year, uh, uh, Paul Morris uh, took over the team. Uh, I think it was like halfway, maybe 30 games into it. And, uh, you know, he turned that franchise over. One of the goes to actually with Paul Morris, he goes in the same category with Keenan's and uh, Sutter's and these guys to me. Uh, amazing, amazing, uh, amazing person, amazing mentor, teacher for the guys. And uh, I truly believe if he would be there two years earlier, that team would be in the playoff team because it was the same people, same players, but it was a different buy-in when the new coach came and the new leadership, you know. Uh, but I really enjoyed my time over there and, uh, you know, 
then kind of like after that Winnipeg year, I was, it was the first time that you start having these thoughts in your head that maybe, maybe that's it, you know, maybe, you know, moving, we're gonna stay in Winnipeg, well, what's gonna happen, you know. Do you really want to end your career bouncing around? Yeah, and, like that was yeah. kind of thing, and uh, you know, I really try to get a contract here in Florida to come here, and uh, I was hoping that I could come here and finish my career and maybe play third, fourth line, whatever, whatever the role was. But uh, uh, they didn't want to sign me. They didn't want to sign me here, uh, so I end up end up going in Nashville. Back then, you had this interview process, uh, five-day interview process. So I, you kind of start having a pretty good idea that, okay, if there's interest anywhere, what kind of interest, uh, what themes, all that. So, so I had, I had, few Canadian teams and uh, and Nashville that uh, were interviewing and all that. Nothing, no focus on July first. I'm like, hmm, that's weird first one you know why they don't call <laughs> they were calling me <laughs> five days before july 2nd i got a phone call from uh craig mctavis uh that he he's like okay we have this kind of offer we know your daughter figure skates blah 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 we want you here to be a mentor for these uh younger guys you know we can only offer you one year deal x amount uh but you can be here two years, three years, if things goes good and, you know, all the reports, like, they loved you in Winnipeg, they loved, liked you in Calgary, we want you to come in and do the same thing here. So I'm like, okay, give me a little bit of time, you know, so it's like, okay, I'll give you an hour to think about so you can talk to your wife and uh, talk right. to your agent and all that. So I talked to my wife and my wife is like, ah, I don't know. I'm like, well, you know what, like, our kids has been uh, Canadian school system for last four years, so you know if this is the last move, whatever, let's do it. Or how about if you guys stay here because my oldest daughter was gonna start the high school, uh, going the first year in high school that that year. So then she's finally, you know what? We've been always coming with with the we're family you know it doesn't matter where we live you know longest we can be together i don't want to stay here with the kids because you're gonna miss so much out of it you know the, the all these homecoming dances the, all these things that you miss out with the with the with your kids lives if you're not in uh, living in the same house uh, so i call my agent that okay i'm taking a deal with edmonton so my agent is on the phone and it's like, okay, that sounds good. Okay, I'll sign. We'll, we'll, uh, I'll call Mac T that they'll send a fax and you'll sign a contract. Right. While he's saying that, he's like, oh, hey, hey, hold on, David Boyle is calling me. I'm like, okay, call me back and see what they offer. So David Boyle called and they made an offer, and then uh, my agent call is like, okay, they made an offer, but it's lot less than Edmonton offer you know and you know with Laviolette I had a, like a good feeling with the interview process and all that I told him I'm not 
looking to be first, second line, even third line center. If I'm fourth line center, I'm more than happy. I want to come in a team who has a chance to win, whatever role is. But it's fine. But play me center, please, because I'm not a good winger. You know, right. if I come there, he's like, okay, done deal. Then I told my wife, okay, this is the offer. Offer what they say, and I'm like, this is such a big difference on money that. I don't know, you know. Then my wife was saying, like, okay, tell them this. That if they pay this, you'll come. So, so, so your wife's my, giving you my the, wife. She's like counter me. with this yeah, offer. Yeah. Okay. So I called my agent. I'm like, hey, my wife was saying that we should counter with this offer, and uh, my agent was like, I don't know. Like that's kind of. I mean, how how big of a difference? You know, I don't know if you want to give me the numbers. Half a million difference. Okay, that's not crazy. That's not crazy, but but uh, it's still. I mean, still uh it may um, you well, know, an extra the, the, like with the offers with the offers was uh 1.2 million yeah difference. so it's like an extra like so, 40 50 so percent yeah, on so top 1.2 yeah. million was a difference of the offers the contracts and stuff like that oh, but man. uh so my wife whatever the <laughs> nashville offers is like okay half a million more you know so i called the agent and agent called me back literally 20 seconds after i told him call him that we want this and he's like okay it's done and i'm like <laughs> my wife was like shit should have asked more but but going there and uh you know we had a good team i play wing wing the whole 50 games when i, I was there you know so going there starting a training camp take over hey we want you to mentor this uh kalle Jarnkrak, uh swedish guy i'm like fine you know so i play with kalle call about uh 40 50 games and uh and uh you know then it comes to the typical things with uh, you playing in uh you're playing 10 minutes 12 minutes a night kill penalties no power play time but then these coaches because they remember me as a being in a key guy being in a box score you know like laviolette coach carolina coach philly you know so i play against his teams a lot so he comes to me, he's like, you got to start producing. I'm like, how the hell am I going to produce? You know, it's, I have four points. My line mate has two points. Other one has five. These guys have seven. And they're like, we don't care. You got to produce if you want to play, because otherwise we're going to put the younger guy in your spot. So I start seeing that, okay, that this ain't working out, you know? Right. So then a few weeks before the trade deadline, uh, David Paul called me and uh, he said that I've been traded to Toronto. Toronto was the last place team. I'm like, okay, that's it. Nice way to end the NHL career because I was not planning to go play the Maple Leafs. Right. I'm like, I'm done. Well, I and you just left Canada. And, and, uh, and, 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 and I'm, I can't do that to my family. I'm like, I cannot do this, that they move with me to Nashville. We're here five months and I get traded. And they're here, no friends don't know because you know like in the hockey business it's that uh, when you go somewhere as a new player players are same everywhere locker room you get that feeling you gel with the guys right away wives rooms are a little different you know especially if you got kids and stuff like that you don't go as many games you know so it's hard to build that uh, friendship uh, with the wives uh, right away after four or five months, you know, you a little longer period of time, you know, so I was not planning to go to Toronto. Then I spoke with Dave Nonis and uh, and uh, Dave was uh, open about it. He said that come here, play two weeks, you're going to play. 
play games you're gonna we give you ice time and we have a deal in place for you in the playoff team that that uh, we cannot uh, do it right away because they will go over the cap so I went there play six games and uh, then we actually came to Florida uh, in the trade deadline day so I got to be in my house and I was just waiting for that phone call and then uh, got a phone call from David saying okay you you've been traded to St. Louis and uh, you know, took the flight from here to go Nashville, pick up, pick up my car, drove my car to St. Louis, and uh, you know, then first game there, I got hurt, uh, went to the net and got slew-footed, landed with my uh, right elbow, uh, two torn road throat cuffs, torn labrum, uh, tear in the bicep, tricep, and that was it. Jesus. They say that. Uh, uh, surgery immediately I knew that that was it for me that if I do the surgery now I am playing in the playoffs I am playing this game anymore you know so I asked the doctors and medical guys that <clears throat> is there any chance that I can play they're like depends how much your pain pressure is that we can get this shoulder the 35 40 percent uh, the strength uh, but that's it and then we shoot it up and we tape it so I'm like okay that sounds like a plan because I don't want to go and uh, do the surgery in the middle of March I'll s roll the dice and see how this thing goes you know so I think I end up playing uh, five six games there as well yeah eight, uh, no, eight games with the Blues eight games so it was like a game and then and three points in eight games yeah. so it's not like you weren't producing yeah so game and then if I would get a hit I would not be able to do anything for next five, six days and uh, and all that. So we end up getting in the playoffs there and uh, we lost uh, Minnesota 4-2, four, four uh, I think it was 4-2 or 4-1. So I was, I was in the playoffs but sitting in the press box watching uh, other guys. I was not healthy to play in the first round. I could have maybe be healthy play two games in the second round maybe two games I, w I, w I probably would have like maybe four to six games left on me so that was it and it was a career ending and uh, you know then uh, start with the youth hockey here with the South Florida Hockey Academy We've been doing this now for four years you know we got uh, other former players involved in the program Thomas Bokun uh, Alexei Ponikarovsky, Radek Dvorak, Sergei Krivokrasov, Ray Shepard, uh, John Madden's been uh, coming here and helping us out. So, you know, we have four team academy, U13, 14, 16, 18 teams. Uh, you know, we have a bunch of kids uh, drafted last year, the USHL. Uh, we'll have probably first player who played for the academy two years ago, Artem Sline, he plays in the Shattuck St. Mary right now. He should be getting drafted to NHL uh, this year, you know. Uh, for us, is that, uh, you know, we want to, what we do here is that we want to pass our knowledge to the next generation, uh, combined with the school, you know. All of us, we put all the eggs in the one basket. We didn't worry about the school, we didn't take care of our school work. We got lucky, we had talent, and we got lucky, you know, end up playing this long, you know. So for us is that all these kids, uh, they're high school, 16s, 18s, high school students, so we have a lot of kids from uh, 
out of state uh, that live uh, live in the school, a supporting student, and uh, and uh, you know they're here to study and play hockey. And all these boys, uh, the dream for them it's to play junior hockey or play D1 hockey, and maybe one day play in uh, NHL, which is uh, which is tough goal to reach. Uh, but it's been great. I really enjoy the coaching and. Uh, I had opportunities uh, go to NHL and be assistant coach uh, in the uh, last two three years. Uh, I felt that I wasn't ready for that that lifestyle right away, and uh, I wanted to see if I really like coaching. Also, it's different type of coaching when you coach the kids, 16, 17, 18 year old olds than uh, somebody who makes 10 million uh, it's different type of coaching in uh, NHL a lot of video a lot of that stuff uh, with the youth youth hockey it's more hands-on and uh, and uh, these kids are in that age that you can have a huge impact in their life uh, not just on the ice but off the ice as well the way you talk to these kids and uh, uh, way way you teach them about the life you know because I always tell my favorite line is that this game is that you get back what you put in it's the same thing with the school and same thing with the life overall you know so big teams are bring the best version of yourself every day you know be polite you know uh, if you if you're putting 100% on hockey you gotta put 105% on school you know combine both of, you know and we keep harping keep sending these messages just gets uh, it's uh, every day and it's kind of rewarding when you see these report cards when they send the report cards and you see that when there's B's and A's and you have these international students too that has a language barrier but they're putting the work in and those are the that things that makes me proud that they're listening they really really because if we would tell them that hey don't worry about the school they would not go to school because they want to play hockey but but uh you don't have crates, you don't play. Well, it's important to, to get that work ethic, not just in hockey, but in life. And when you're that age, school is such a big part of your life. So, and, and I mean, just listening to the last, you know, how, however long we've been sitting here for an hour, just the, the, the career and the life lessons that you learned, these are all things that you're instilling on these kids. And it's not just, hey, I played in the NHL, I played for great coaches. It's the things that happen behind the scenes, it's the things that you have to worry about with families and with other players. And there's just so many things that you don't realize you have to learn. And it's amazing that these kids get to come to South Florida of all places and get that full rounded hockey life lessons from you, from Devo, from Voki, from all these guys that used to play. Yeah, it's pretty insane that you have national team level players from Europe. Uh, you have kids from Boston, Detroit moving down here. I love that. It's it's great. I you love know, that. And, uh, you know, we have a couple home events here. Now we got December 6 to 8. We bring Boston Junior Bruins, Dallas Stars, Carolina Hurricanes. We bring these top programs over here that, uh, you know, Florida, they've never been here, you know, these programs to playing that level and stuff like that. So, you know, it's it's been great. And, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully we can continue to do this for a long, long time. Well, I'm definitely rooting for uh, for the success of it, and uh, hopefully, by you know, I have a three-year-old, so hopefully, when he's of age, you know, he'll be uh, skating out there as well. And 
this was awesome, man. I, I'm looking forward to the next time we can sit down. I feel like today we kind of got into just the broad. Today was of, just the scratching the surface, you know. The next time we can we can just focus on one year and uh, I'll come up with the, all the crazy stories, you know, because it's one year. I have a pretty good memory and one year, if you go over, let's say, 2000 or 99, 2000 season in the Long Island, we can sit here hours. <laughs> we, we can sit here hours because there were some characters on that team that, you know, it's still puts the smile in my face even if I think about any of those guys. Uh, we're looking <laughs> at you right now. I like, look at you ear to ear. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll definitely get into it, man. But thank you again so much. And uh, everybody, thank you for listening. This has been the uh, Chirping the Cats podcast. And Oli, once again, thank you so much. And we'll be back next time with more great Panthers content. Remember, if you're enjoying what you're hearing, please subscribe and uh, give me a good rating, all that good stuff. Reach out on Twitter, at David's Work. And, and you don't have a Twitter account, do you, Oli? No, I used to have it, but I deleted it. So. Might have to, might have have to get face, you back I, on I there. I only have Facebook, but uh, I have some big things coming up in, uh, outside of hockey. Uh, that uh, I've been holding my Instagram and Twitter on the side. And Planting those it'll, seeds. It'll, 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 it'll come. Okay, it'll we'll, come we'll get it out of you, man. Yeah. I'm telling you, we'll have some fun. All right, well, thank you again for listening, everybody, and uh, we'll see you next time, all right? Later. <laughs>